The Mystery of the Nativity A First Saturday Meditation Guided by Father Emmanuel Herkel A 15-minute meditation on the mysteries of the Rosary is an essential element requested by Our Lady as part of the First Saturday Devotion. Catholic meditation can be done in many different ways. In this episode, Father follows the Ignatian method. He helps us fix our intention at the start and allows time at the end that we may set a resolution. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Begin by placing yourself in the presence of God. My God, I firmly believe that Thou art here present, and present in the depths of my soul, as truly as Thou art in heaven in the midst of the angels and saints. O my God and Sovereign Lord, before whom the whole universe is but dust, I prostrate myself before Thee, acknowledging that Thou art my Creator, and that I am Thy creature, and thus I offer the homage of my whole being to Thy supreme majesty. Eternal Father, I adore Thee as my Creator. Eternal Word, I adore Thee as my Redeemer. Eternal Spirit, Holy Ghost. I adore thee as the sanctifier of my soul. I now acknowledge my sinfulness and beg God for pardon and strength. Have mercy on me, O God. I humbly confess my nothingness and my wretchedness. I am sorry for my many sins by which I have offended thee and displeased thee. Prostrate before thee, I implore thy grace that I may be converted and do penance. I now pray for divine assistance. Come, Holy Ghost, enlighten my mind, strengthen my will, inflame my heart. I desire to make this meditation by thy light, thy inspiration, and thy love. Holy Mary, Virgin and Mother of Divine Wisdom and Purest Love, Bring me the help of God's grace. Saint Joseph, my dear guardian angel and patron saints, come to my aid. The third joyful mystery of the rosary is the nativity, the birth of Jesus Christ. Make this meditation in reparation for sins against the Blessed Virgin Mary and her Immaculate Heart. The meditation will be in the form of a an Ignatian contemplation with persons, words, and actions. First set the scene with a contemplation of place. Israel is dry and sandy for most of the year, but in late December there's often rain, sometimes snow. This is a bad time of year for travel. The place where Christ was born is called a stable in the Bible. 
but the church of the Nativity in Bethlehem is built over a cave. Perhaps it was both a cave and a stable. The ground in the region has many caves. Bethlehem was a small town, a few hours' journey from the big city of Jerusalem. Avoid the big city. See the small town in the distance with the local inn that had no space for Jesus and Mary. Visualize the open countryside near Bethlehem where flocks of sheep are herded from one green spot to another. The cave of the nativity was off the road across a field, almost out of sight from Bethlehem. In the body of the contemplation, there are three points. Ask the questions, who was there? What did they say? And how did they act? You are going to follow Jesus and Mary out of the small town of Bethlehem into the fields where they find the stable cave. Jesus is with them as a pre-born child, and then he is born. Joseph worked as a carpenter, supporting his family by the skill of his hands. Mary was a housewife. She baked and spun, carried water, and carried the baby Jesus. Their life was so simple, natural, and human that they fit right in with their neighbors. This working-class family was made up of the three holiest people who ever walked the earth. The greatest was the child, whose human nature was joined to the divine nature. Then came the mother, who was closer to God than any other human person. Last of all came the father, whose lot in life was to take care of God and God's mother. Jesus Mary Joseph in that order of sanctity, for the greatest saints are the ones closest to God. However, they were a real family, and in every family, the father is the head of the house, the mother is the helpmate, and the child owes reverence and obedience to his parents. On the natural level, it was Joseph Mary Jesus, in that order of authority. Jesus, who had formed the world out of nothing, learned from Joseph how to make things out of wood. Jesus, who is the God of love, learned from Mary how to love God. Jesus, whom the angels obey, took orders from two of his own creatures. After the birth of Christ, angels and shepherds arrived. Two of the roles clearly assigned to the good angels are glorifying God and acting as messengers to men. And on Christmas night, the angels did both of these things. Jews believe in angels. The shepherds were simple Jewish men. 
they were more alert to things they could see and touch than to interior inspirations, so God allowed the angels to appear visibly and speak audibly. The second point is the words these people are saying. Jesus did not speak. The words of Mary and Joseph are not recorded in the Bible, so you need to imagine the right words. The conversation went something like this. After three days of walking, Joseph and Mary arrived at Bethlehem. They tried to find a place to stay, but there was no room at the inn. Joseph said to Mary, I'm sorry, but they have no record of our reservations. I've been arguing with the manager, but there is no room. Mary was calm and gentle. Joseph, I'm sure you can find a place. I need a private place tonight. I can feel the baby coming. Some kindly stranger must have suggested the old stable in the field. It was dirty with animal hair and barnyard smells. It was cold, half open to the wind. It was dark away from the city lights. But Joseph went in first and tried to clear away the cobwebs, light a small fire, and then he welcomed Mary in and said, This is the best I could find. And Mary probably just gave him a smile and sat down near the back as they both prayed and waited for the child to be born at midnight. Virgin birth means that the mother was physically intact before, during, and after the birth of Christ. There was no blood, no torn flesh, no screaming, Mary just pushed, and Jesus came out. Theologians refer to the preternatural gift of subtility, by which, after the resurrection, Christ appeared to the apostles in the upper room, despite the doors being locked. On that occasion, it seems that the material body of Christ went right through the solid door. At Christmas... The body of the baby Jesus came right through his mother's flesh without harming her in any way. Suddenly, she held Jesus in her lap. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger. Mary and Joseph knelt to adore their newborn Savior. Then the shepherds started to arrive. These were good country people, they lacked education and culture, but they loved God. And suddenly there were a whole bunch of these men standing in front of the cave. And they began to talk about having seen an angel and being searching for a baby and swaddling clothes. And now they seem to have found him. And they asked, is this the newborn king? And Joseph went out to talk to these men. 
and explain to them, yes, this is Jesus. He has been sent to save us. And he taught these men to kneel down and praise Almighty God, the Word made flesh. The third point is to consider the actions, and I've already mentioned some actions, like making a journey and giving birth. It is hard to put words into the story without any actions, but now we're going to study some actions in more detail. There's a reason why these things were done in a certain way. St. Ignatius comments that Jesus was born in extreme poverty so that after many labors, after hunger, thirst, cold, and heat, after outrages and insults, he might die on the cross and all this for our salvation. We should reflect and draw some spiritual fruit from the contemplation of the nativity, realizing that it was necessary for Christ to take on a human body and suffer in this world in order to save us. And his sufferings really began on this cold night. Consider the birth of Christ regarding three virtues, poverty, suffering, and humility. The world puts a high value on money, pleasure, and fame. You should consider why Jesus Christ did not seek for these worldly goals. He could have been born as the son of an emperor, or at least the son of a millionaire. He could have been born in a sterile hospital, or at least a comfortable room. Such a manner of birth would have been in keeping with his greatness but not in keeping with his mission. The newborn Savior rebuked our love of riches. He was so poor that he did not even have a proper roof over his head. The innkeeper in Bethlehem would have found a room for a rich man, but Joseph and Mary were obliged to seek shelter in a stable. There the Son of God was born and placed in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. Our Lord rebuked our love of pleasures. He was deprived of things which we would consider essential. The winter wind penetrated the swaddling clothes. The dust and smells of the stable blew in the air. There was not even a proper crib or a mattress for the baby, only some loose straw in the manger. Our Lord rebuked our love of honors by concealing his majesty under the weakness of a child. He appeared to be an ordinary baby. All that was great in his birth he kept secret, and what was humble he manifested. 
It is sad to say that many people who claim to be followers of Christ do not follow his example. You know that Jesus preferred poverty to riches, suffering to pleasures, and humiliation to honors. So you should not seek the things which Jesus rejected. You must not allow yourselves to be seduced by the world. If something was not important to Jesus, it ought not to be important to you. The next scene, immediately after the birth of Christ, is also worthy of consideration. The arrival of the Savior of the world had to be manifested to someone. The majority of men were unworthy, but in Bethlehem there were shepherds keeping watch over their flocks of sheep by night. The angel appeared to them, for God gives grace to the humble. The shepherds, hearing the message of the angel, went to find their newborn king. The marks of poverty, the manger and the swaddling clothes, were the signs by which they knew him. Being poor themselves, they were not afraid of the poverty of Christ. Living as they did amid hardship, they were not scandalized to find a baby in a stable. They were already outside at night. They were not afraid of the cold. And as for fame, we do not even know their names. Since the shepherds already practiced these virtues which Jesus came to teach, they accepted him without difficulty. When they found the Christ child, they adored him. The shepherds were poor, but they figured that they ought to give some gift to the baby Jesus, so they emptied their pockets. It is not the size of the gift that matters, but the love of the giver. These poor shepherds gave what they had, they prayed sincerely, and they believed that this baby was their king. Legend has it that some of them later followed Jesus during the years of his public preaching. Conclusion Now it is your turn to give Jesus a gift. Give him your love. Tear your heart away from sin and love God. Finish this contemplation with some special prayers.
I give thee thanks, O God, for the graces which thou in thy infinite mercy hast granted me by means of this meditation. Please grant me the help of thy grace to carry out my resolutions and so please thee. Grant me a greater love of thee, the pardon of my sins and final perseverance. Most Holy Mary, Saint Joseph, my dear guardian angel and patron saints, intercede for me that I may be faithful to my holy resolutions and grow in the love of God. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2024. All rights reserved. We encourage you to participate in our 100 by 100 First Saturday Challenge. For the consecration of Russia and triumph of the Immaculate Heart, we earnestly desire to offer Our Lady a spiritual bouquet of 100,000 First Saturdays by the 100th anniversary of her request for this devotion, December 10th, 2025. Sign up and update your progress at Fatima.org backslash 100 by 100. Each First Saturday, Our Lady asks us to make a good confession within eight days, receive Holy Communion, pray the Rosary, and meditate for 15 minutes on the mysteries of the rosary, offering each of these acts in reparation for the blasphemies and offenses committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Please include the Fatima Center among those apostolates to whom you send a portion of your monthly tithe. Regular monthly donors are vital for our continuing operation. Visit our website, Fatima.org or call us at 1-800-263-8160. Thank you, and may God reward you. Immaculate Heart of Mary, be our salvation.